video games. Yeah, you don't have to try very hard. Nope. <laughs> no. It's my regular voice. <laughs> so now, uh, before we started episodes, I've successfully made fun of <laughs> the guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, just over the, like you just have recordings of me oh, yeah. doing impressions or saying rude things about like half of the games industry. Games, video 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 games. It's August 5th, 2009. And this is Idle Thumbs 37, reports suggest. <laughs> and I'm Chris Remo, I guess. So I'm Nick Brecken, allegedly. Yeah, unconfirmed. Mm. This is definitely not, not necessarily Jake Rodkin coming up. Yeah, it's actually uh, Tim Langdell. Okay. <laughs> Writing in as an anonymous commentator. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, yeah. <clears throat> good. It's probably Jake Rodkin though. Oh, actually. good. Yeah, you don't sound like yourself. Oh, that's because um, I'm running myself through a sort of anonymous anonymity filter. Good, right? Yeah, voice voice modulator, modulator. a voice modulator, yeah. a vocoder, a vocoder. <laughs> I'm we should run you through to a sound like one yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> we should auto tune you. Ma-boo. <laughs> Ma-boo. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no. So we're all back, ready to talk about games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. That voice is easier for me to do this week. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um. Mm. Let's Maybe go- we should just decide what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Let's get going with this cast. We need like a topic, right? All right. Well, how about Left 4 Dead? Kind of to- oh, yeah. Hey. Hey. I hear that a oh. Left 4 Dead Missing Link free DLC cast, I mean, content is occurring. Everything's a cast. Yes. Yeah. Well, free. <laughs> it's a con- Everything's yeah. a cast. Free in some circumstance. In one circumstance. Right. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to cost you seven bucks on 360 or zero bucks on PC. Yep. Uh, which made the internet slightly explode today. Did it? Well, it did on the forums anyway. I mean, I don't oh. know where else to gauge it by. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't watch that. Exp- was that <laughs> was that uh, was that, <laughs> that fireworks show was aimed over the at hill Valve? For me. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people did aim it at Valve. Well, that's and I think silly. it's probably not actually Valve's fault. Man, no, how many times not. has that company gone on record saying, "Yeah, yeah. we tried to release our DLC for free." Yeah. How many times? Yeah, that's an Xbox Live thing. Microsoft likes money. They like money. Yeah, I mean that's come out a lot. I mean, yep. um, yeah, Epic had had a similar issue. Wasn't there the thing where some people games. have like you put out your content on PSN, or there were a couple of people who did that for free first, and then Microsoft allowed? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I remember hearing that. I guess the PC if, doesn't. If have you enough put leverage. out, yeah, if you put out content on PlayStation Network for free, I've heard that mm. you can. That has been leveraged against mm. uh, the XBLA team. <laughs> Left for Dead on PS3 confirmed. Uh, no. But yeah, no, so. Uh, Valve is putting out a new campaign for Left 4 Dead 1 for yeah. free. It sounds pretty cool, actually. Uh, yeah. They said, I mean, for one thing, it, it bridges it is, yeah, the actual bridge. story gap between... No Mercy and Death Toll, yeah. Right, exactly. So yeah, they, you, you get on a helicopter at the end of No yeah. Mercy, right. and then now you, you play what happens you crash. after it crashes. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but one interesting thing they said about it is that uh, their goal was to make a versus experience where yeah. you can get the entire cycle done in 30 minutes, which I think is great. And it's funny, too, because a lot of the reactions I saw from people on that were like, oh, well, that just shows they're just squeezing one out, yes, squeezing yeah, out a quick yeah. one there. Well, did 
it's like, well, also that's an actual like gap that needs filling in that game. Yep. I mean, it's, well, yeah, it's, I mean that's sort of the Left 4 Dead equivalent of the of the shorter uh, TF2 stuff, right? Yes, like that. That's a that's a, a pretty necessary. It's hard for me to to dive into an entire full round of versus or or co op for that matter um, in that game just because you know it is a pretty lengthy time commitment, especially yeah, versus. Cool. I mean, it's twice as long. Um, so yeah, that's good. And they said it'll have it'll have you know the whole deal. It'll have you know, versus mode, it'll have co-op mode, it'll have survival mode, and obviously at launch, not all the levels had all that stuff, so. Yeah. Do you know how much this is a response to people saying, uh, wait, why, where's our free L4D DLC? I doubt it's a direct response. I can't imagine they started, finished, you know, like, conceived, designed, and built this whole thing in that period I wonder, of time. Right, since E3. Like, that would be I wouldn't surprising. think so, but, yeah. What, in a matter of weeks? Like, that, that there's no way. I mean, they, yeah, valve they, time does not seem to operate yeah, on a schedule resembling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I suspect they they. I mean, based on what they said about how they ended up making the sequel, based on my discussions I've had with with them, um, it sounded like pretty much what happened is they finished <coughs> Left 4 Dead One, and then they just kept making more content. And some of it, some of the stuff they ended up doing, like the <clears throat> revisions to the director and stuff, uh, is not really easily retrofitted into the main game. Oh, there's a pizza here. Um, we'll be right back after this pizza. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'll play Galita. Just back and forth farting there. <laughs> back and forth farting. We're back. And forth farting. Video game. Okay. All right. So we're back. Uh, so basically what I think they did based on conversations I've had with the Valve guys uh, you know, over the last six months or so, is basically they 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 shipped Left 4 Dead One. They immediately started working on new content. Uh, some of it, you know, was sort of ended up being more significant in terms of additions than than would have been. Uh, I don't know, easily practical within the context of the first game. Like it changes to the the AI director, for example, and and things uh, changes to do with bosses and additions of bosses that would have required kind of going back and actually retrofitting things into existing levels. Um, and I think rather than sort of just have some levels where all these new features exist and other ones where they don't, I think they they figured it just made sense to to uh, actually yeah. just you know, have those things stand alone as a game. One of the things that's interesting about them is they usually have specific goals they're trying to achieve with a particular game or a particular release. That's certainly the case with the, uh, the individual Half-Life 2 episodes. And, you know, when, when they did have the goal with this latest DLC about kind of creating this, this versus mode that you can actually complete in under half an hour, I mean, that's a goal that I think didn't necessarily need all that extra stuff to actually achieve. I mean, I, th I know that with with the new bosses, for example, in Left 4 Dead 2, they're trying to pretty specifically address a lot of a lot of the little um, strategies that people kind of harp on. You know, everyone piling into a closet, all that kind of stuff. I mean, both the Charger and the Spitter are both have pretty direct counters to that kind of strategy. And so, I mean, that's a goal they were trying to trying to achieve there. But with the the one and what's this upcoming one called? Uh, Crash down. Crash, crash something? Oh, crash. crash Bandicoot. Oh, right. With Crash Bandicoot, what yes. they're trying to do is, uh, you know, provide this more streamlined experience that I guess they figured they could just do that within the confines of, of Left 4 Dead 1. So I think basically what happened is they were just making a whole bunch of content. Some of it went into Left 4 Dead 2. Some of it is this DLC for Left 4 Dead 1. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they had gotten to a point where they said, uh, we're just, you know, maybe they threw out some ideas and, we're, you know, 
we could connect these things and do a DLC. Uh, we're going to work on Left 4 Dead 2. And then they thought, well, maybe we should, you know, finish that and just release it as a DLC thing. But the other thing is it actually works as pretty uh, effective publicity for them. You know, I mean, coming out in September, getting people playing Left 4 Dead again just as right. the sequel is Well, I mean, it's interesting. I've been tracking uh, just uh, personally the – ever since Valve started uh, – releasing weekly sales charts for for steam mm-hmm. you know they don't release actual discrete numbers but they do release the weekly Position, sales yeah, positions right. you know there's everything else yeah right in a given week whereas the the stuff they put just right up in the top 10 chart on the front page of steampower.com that's just you know the top selling game at whatever moment yeah. you know for the last hour or two hours or whatever it is but you know now they release these weekly ones as well and i've been charting them myself and um it's interesting because left for dead one after they announced left for dead two left for dead one jumped back to number one on the chart mm-hmm. so i mean it really goes actually to like it really speaks to valves everything they say about how all this stuff works is that when you build publicity about something that's coming up your old thing will do better yeah um i mean it's you know they they keep saying it and it's i mean it seems to be the case i'm actually really curious you know in a week or two um to look back at what's what happened this week and see if after announcing this dlc once again left for dead jumps up again even before the dlc is released and i, I expect it will or at least yeah. it'll jump up partially um part of that's probably also i mean <laughs> i mean i think last week left 4 dead was number three yeah um i would guess that if i mean i think number one was dawn of war 2 which had a 50 percent right. sale i mean right, like, right right i would guess that steam games just in general and that being the most recent uh, or not in Steam games. No, it's absolutely Valve true. games on Steam. Yeah, but it doesn't but they matter. Still, you they do still go up and down, though. Chart. I mean, there are still trends. That's, yeah, that's, there are that's trends, for sure. But, but, but um, also, there are trends amongst games that are, you know, third-party games that are on Steam that are just, you know... If there, if there aren't any games coming out that week, I would guess that Valve tends to trend upward. You know, I mean, if, if, yeah. if any games are going to sell on Steam, that yeah. But anyway. That's true. But it's uh, another, interesting, another interesting thing about this chart is that this year, I mean, part of it is just that they're, they're, you know, obviously Valve isn't, doesn't have a big title that's releasing right now, but, yeah. um, there has been an increasing trend, or at least there was, um, for a couple months, um, where some Valve games were even falling off the charts. Like there were times yeah. when Team Fortress 2 wasn't even on the top 10, and there's just, there have been a lot, a lot more strong third party sellers on Steam recently, which, yeah, I've, yeah. which has been interesting. I mean, I, I think, and they, you know, they did re- recently say that they've seen, 97 percent year-over-year sales growth mm-hmm. and that can't be coming purely from their own titles so i mean i i think it's i think the, the the service probably is slightly moving away from just the you know kind of valve game the, delivery device yeah, sure. valve store bonus and third party. Yeah, yeah right exactly i mean i think it probably it's obviously still heavily weighted towards valve titles in terms of of most likely to be a number one seller but uh it's definitely becoming a much more diverse service and that's yeah. one of the one of the things i'm kind of looking at um anyway that's left for dead it's a fun game yep they're Still making more it. stuff oh yeah i haven't played it in a few weeks survival mode is really good yeah uh, just for jumping in and just playing it, yeah. for like it 20 minutes for that yeah it's, it's perfect it's, it's the quickest mode it's by, perfect by far, i played yeah. it on my lunch break and it's oh just, really it's just that's really nice to just like sit yeah. and play a couple of games that's cool yeah the computers at my office are uh, not equipped mm, yeah. for that or for anything they're not even equipped for browsing the web it's pretty pretty horrible oh um why am I talking about that? <laughs> it's been on my mind a lot recently because it makes it hard to do my job. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, you know what? I forgot to – we talked about last week on The Real Podcast last week, the first one. Um, uh, I it talked about EA. the EA uh, 
uh, shareholder meeting. And I wanted to append that. I for, I completely forgot. Um, uh, Patrick Klepek called me on this. He, um, he pointed out, I forgot to mention the last question that the amazing guy asked the guy who asked about, uh, uh, you know about your why last did, CEO. Yeah, why those meetings were right. games? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> or better game uh, demos. Better at the game demos. Meeting. Yeah, I, I also I, I found my notes and it had it had or some of the notes I took, including <laughs> I am disappointed that the meetings have decreased in fun quotient every year you've <laughs> oh, been Jesus. here. Man, fun <laughs> fun quotient. going down. Yeah. Tilt going wow. down. I know. Um, Metacritic. So there's that, and then he asked about the take two thing, and then. Uh, so there was the last thing he asked, which is possibly the most amazing thing. This guy says, at one point, you guys had a picture of Michael Jordan on a 386 computer. I tried to talk to your lawyer to get a copy of it, but she was unable to finagle me a copy of one. It really is a delightful picture. Jesus. And this guy went on about this for a while. A picture of Michael Jordan on a 386 on like a, a 386 computer? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Maybe someone else has seen this picture. This guy certainly had. And uh, Rick Tello was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if we have the rights to that or what that is, but uh, you should talk to Jeff Brown about that, who's just another one of EA's executives. And I like the fact that the EA CEO right. uh, just sort of diverted this Passes guy onto on. a different yeah. EA executive. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you should definitely just go to talk, go talk to Jeff Brown about that after the meeting. Um, executive customer service. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Um, so, so hopefully over like, you know like a salami roll or something those guys like uh, had a conversation about or like you know a little turkey wrap right they had a conversation a little, right yeah. after, over, over a couple sliders they talked about michael jordan <laughs> in the 386 yeah yeah, yeah. oh he, he said I, I i suggest you intersect jeff brown about this what? which i always i always enjoy that ridiculous uh, business lingo go intersect him um yeah. i'm now kind of curious about that picture actually <laughs> <laughs> this guy went on for a long the time. Life. I didn't transcribe the whole thing. I, I, um, because he went on for a while, but, uh, it, he definitely had a really clear idea of what this picture was and he was describing it in quite some depth. He really wanted to print it up for a poster for his yeah. room. It's a yeah. Creepy. It was a weird guy. It was amazing that he had all this shit ready to go. You know what I mean? Because he was clearly he had a, from like right. a paper. I see no one else is here. I right. have prepared a list of questions. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, he must have had a priority. He must have. He obviously asked them in a certain priority because he he couldn't have. He, you know, it sounded right. like this was contingency plan. Like, oh man, if there's no one behind me, I can ask this one. And if there's still no one behind me, then I can move on to that one. And I <laughs> and wonder he thought, if he well, would have had... behind me, so he killed them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I wonder if he would have if he would have kept going. Yeah. Because after Riccatello said that, he's just like, well, any more qu- anyone else? Nope. All right. All right. Meetings adjourned. And I and I wonder if this guy <laughs> was just kind of like, wait, but <laughs> why don't you get to? I hear that you guys had one time. I saw a picture of Michael Jordan on a right. 386. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, why are we here? Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely when the uh, we have like blown a six-figure sum on having these people sit here and managing this conference <laughs> yeah. call hardware. Yeah. Must have really yeah. been racing through Riccatello's mind. Right. Like, I'm going to have to report this damn meeting <laughs> to the actual board. Yeah, yeah. At next year's shareholder meeting, someone's going to ask me why we spent so much on shareholder meetings. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's cool. Yep, yeah. that happened. Um, speaking of electronic arts, actually, they had their real conference call today, not their bullshit, like weirdo conference call. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, they, the well, one where they scream I mean, the call. They had the one yeah. where they actually say things about like the company that happened. Yes. Um, and one of the things Riccatello said was, uh, see if I can load up the actual quote here. He said, um, you know, basically, after fiscal year two thousand nine. 
one of the lessons he says, one of the lessons we had from fiscal mm-hmm. year nine was that we bunched up too many titles into the, the Q3 quarter. Um, and he, uh, some of the titles crowded out the competition, but some were crowded out even by other EA titles. Um, I, this was the, uh, there are 12 months in the calendar year, uh, right. revelation. Quote. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, like, yeah. I think that was like, a, like his summation was like, well, yeah, we discovered there were 12 months in the calendar. Yeah. Like, we looked at Christ. a calendar. We that gives your investors actually, a lot of confidence. It actually like, lasts longer than right, October yeah. to December. We can release games Weird. in any month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's good. I feel like keep publishers keep saying. I feel like for the last three years, people like, keep saying. Oh yeah, Christmas is yeah. hard. Christmas is really actually yeah. maybe not. Anyway, we're announcing our Christmas lineup. Right, yeah. it's oh. got all the games in it. Yeah, uh, but I mean, have you noticed that that Q one twenty ten is the fucking the new Christmas? Yes, two thousand nine. Yeah, like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, a, I th- <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when a it bunch is. of games people want. Come out in January, and February, March. Yeah, everybody just bought Christmas presents. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't know that 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 could be an interesting silence. Uh, it'll work. That could be an interesting <laughs> failure. I don't know. It yeah, m- it might also just be that might just be that it works. It yeah. might be that your Christmas money goes to you know right. Yeah, grandma's grandma's envelope goes of cash. To best Buy yeah. gift certificates. Yep, <clears throat> uh, which are- then are converted. Uh, you know, sort of through a mob uh, boardwalk or something to. Uh, <laughs> what? What are you saying? I don't know. What words? Are your Christmas coming? money go, becomes Best Buy gift certificates, which are uh, then converted to stereo equipment, which is sent through a guy's van, uh, <laughs> comes back out as small bills, which turns into a brick of cocaine, which is then traded for a box full of uh, Bioshock Two games. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Thanks. Wow. Thanks for that convenient. Put the oxygen mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like the. Uh, it was the beginning of a money laundering scheme. I see that. Yeah. Just yeah. keep it going. <laughs> Because I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, anyway, have you guys heard yeah. about that? Uh... <laughs> are both <laughs> are, are both Dragon Age and Mass Effect Two? Are they actually coming out this year, or is one of both of those delayed? I feel like those are actually both still coming out. I think this they're both year, coming out this year. I think I think to. Dragon Age is coming out first, and yeah. then and then Mass Effect. That's kind of weird. It is weird. It's still going to be a busy holiday. I no, mean, I know. There, it's still, still, still going to be some Modern pretty. Warfare too. Brutal Legend comes out, you know. Yeah. That, and then um, those, I mean, most of those are EA games, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Yep. You guys said you had something to say about the Brutal Legend? Oh, yeah. Nick Brecken? Well, no, yeah, that was Chris had something to say. Yeah, Chris well, Ramo? Nick and I are both going to a multiplayer event for that game tomorrow, so, I mean, we can't... We, have, we haven't played it recently or anything, but, yeah. um, but it was interesting. I, uh, I saw on Twitter today that Eric Robson, who's the Double Fine lead designer, he's the lead designer on... Uh, Psychonauts and also Brutal Legend. He was saying that they actually developed the multiplayer of Brutal Legend first, yeah, and then hmm. retroactively kind of went back and used those mechanics that they hammered well, out to make the single player. I think, as far as I understand, the multiplayer is going to be some sort of mob-based. I mean, you know, in the in the single player portion, you control armies of guys at, at some point, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. the multiplayer. Well, you have somehow, your squad, right? Yeah, it's, that's. I think the multiplayer is based around that. So I guess that would make sense if they... Yeah, I remember people first knew that Double Fine had started building their second project after second right. because the and job was posting like was for a multiplayer programmer. Right, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, was, Tim was Schafer's right. like, we're going to do something crazy, you know, new. Yeah, and, the, and everyone was like, oh, he's doing a multiplayer game. Yeah, that was yeah, well, their I first remember, hire after Psychonauts. Yeah. And I remember, for a, while, I remember for a while the scuttlebutt was like, they're making a multiplayer strategy game. Yes, it was like, yeah, an what? RTS or what? something. <laughs> yeah. Multiplayer RTS is what I remember, yeah. They are making a multiplayer game that has... Yeah. One unit controlling a squad. Right. So. Pikmin, perhaps? Probably not. No. 
We'll find out pretty soon. Brutal legend. We'll find Pink out. Man. We'll find out slightly too late to tell you on this week's podcast. Yeah. So you hear about it from everyone well, else first. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll come back. Tune to IGN. Yeah. Look look forward to other people's coverage of Brutal Legend multiplayer. Yeah. Um. So that I just, but I did think that was interesting because that's pretty unusual for you know any game Schaefer's ever made before, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a definite style that developers use that yeah. that don't come from the adventure game heritage. Right. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. We try at Telltale to work out the multiplayer sort of core components first, <laughs> yeah. and then throw all of that away and don't tell anyone that that's how it's made. That's pretty much how adventure games have been made. Oh yeah, since little text known, adventures. Little known secret. Of yeah, the first Infocom games started as muds. <laughs> <laughs> God, the worst adventure games mm. would be made. Man, muds. Well, you don't like muds now. Muds. We're gonna well, get a letter about how you don't like talk muds about for like a million months. No, I just mean that would be an awful adventure game. What? Muds. Remember muds? Was, this is my thing that I've had. Oh, yeah. Like what, do you, what do you have to say about a mud? Not much, really. Oh, good. Well, thanks. <laughs> I like Fat me. Princess. <laughs> oh, right. The best mud of all. The, the, the precursor to muds. Yeah. yeah. Fat Princess the is the precursor princess. to muds? <laughs> Pick up Princess. Yeah. No, I did. It's not very good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either, to be yeah. honest. I don't know why I bought it, because you said it wasn't any good, and then I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll teach you to listen to me. I felt obligated, because I don't use my PS3 for games. And so I thought, well, I'll buy a game on this. And We're making enemies. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Hmm. I don't use my Wii either. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did today. You played Wii Sports I, uh, Resort. Yeah, I played Wii Sports Resort and I fucking hate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Holy crap. What the hell is wrong with you? Man. No, actually, I love the you game. You didn't hate it last week. I love the game. I love the it. game. The Wii Motion Plus is awful. There's, what, what is awful about it's it? It's actually so bad that, that, that I was talking to Chris Failer. He thought his was broken, but I don't think it's broken. I think the Wii Motion Plus is just Did awful. Did you uh, watch the three-minute safety video? <laughs> that tells you how to plug Are you sure you plugged it in correctly? Were you using uh, I Wii did Motion skip, Plus? I, well, actually, I don't think you can skip it. I skipped it in my mind, but no, I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's the calibration. And it, I, I think what it is is when you're playing games that are fast, you know, like like table tennis, right? It just it gets screwed up, and then there's a point where where you you hit. It's a, there's a point that you hit like it'll just start recalibrating in the middle of a like you'll serve the fucking ping pong, and the guy will hit it back, and while the ball is traveling in the air, it will stop. Ask you to recalibrate it, set it on your thing, oh, man. and then you have to. There's no like, are you ready to go? It's just the the ball is coming right back at you, and like that, you know. Okay, it's Wii Sports. Who cares? But when you're actually trying to get to like 2,000 skill level, and you're on 1,600, and if you lose, you lose like 200 skill points. You just want to like, ugh, it's awful. It's so stupid, but it happens like consistently. Like every two minutes, this happens. You have to recalibrate. Wow, I don't remember this um, happening when we played this game. It happens like maybe so for like, an hour, and then it'll, and it'll be fine for like two more hours, and then you know, like the next time you play it, it'll be terrible, and then it it just it comes and goes. Um, I don't really know what the deal is, but I'm not the only person having the problem. So it's it's wow. really it's really disappointing because it I really actually like the game. Um, but the uh, the Motion Plus just seems to have a lot of issues. That's too bad. Seems like they could have made that slightly better by putting in a confirmation dialog box. Yeah, that's like that's really awful. Yeah, you that's have to pick it off the terrible. table and then sort yeah. of remember which way the ball is coming. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. It's really frustrating. Well, fortunately, we were fooled by uh, only playing it for forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in that forty minutes, though, it asked us to recalibrate. Yeah, it yeah, but it wasn't. Times. It wasn't. It was like, I, but it, I don't remember it being a, uh, a burden. Yeah, I think it's a it's more of a burden when I mean it does increase when you're trying. Yeah, well, yeah, when you're trying and when it when it you know 
it happens more when frequently. When you get in one of those then, ruts where it just happens all the time. Then, yeah. I wonder if certain I wonder if certain actual units are just you know it's possible. Defective. It's possible. But uh I don't know. That's frustrating if true. Yeah. But well, anyway, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <sighs> we don't like any games. Here at Adolphons, we hate video games. Yeah. Actually, no, I really like uh, Sports Resort, though. Yeah. It's, it's good. Table tennis is actually really, really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is we really were having good. a lot of fun with that one. That was, it's, that was it's really probably solid. my favorite it's, one. Yeah. Yeah. Except for um, recalibration. Yeah. That's no good. Did you unlock the recalibration challenge mode? <laughs> or just you have to guess if right. it's a fake or a real <laughs> <Yeah>. recalibration, <laughs> how long it's going to take? Yeah. It's like active reload like, in like, Gears of it's War. It's like a WarioWare. Uh, right. Press the A yeah. button. You have to press it exactly at the moment that recalibration is complete. And then it <laughs> trains you to get better at the table tennis recalibration right. situation. And then you can just go right through it. You don't even notice it. Yeah. Oh. Just instinctual. Yeah. I'm sad that you missed that up to that. I got to get that stamp. They hit it inside the basketball game, so no one will find <laughs> it. God, that game is Oh, awful. man. I, I did play. Actually, I played quite a bit of the basketball game later. I did too. It's yeah. not that good. It's really bad. I like that you the, played a lot of it. I played this horrible basketball. Well, I was trying to. The games take forever, for one thing. They take forever. Like, did you play it's, the actual pickup game where yeah, you actually yeah, play yeah. on a court? Yeah. Yeah, it takes forever. It's, it's really it's bad. It's really long, and you have to go through so many repeated motions. Like, I mean, really. And also, all, things are entirely random. Like, I, I was playing against somebody else, and it, it, it's just when you steal the ball. It, it's just a random chance of like whether you actually grab the ball away or not. Really, I grabbed it like every single fucking time. Well, that's Except the other thing for, like, too. Once. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. It's random, but you get it every time. <laughs> well, yeah, but like the time that you don't, and it's it's like you know, the time somebody not, dunks on you, it, it uh, yeah, it's no fun. It's it's really not very fun. Uh, the no. the actual just straight up shooting a basket is fine. I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. It's what we basically assumed, which is like any like bowling but upside down essentially um but you you throw it up granny style or like no no i mean overhand um (laughs) that's not how you throw a basket well not overhand but i mean up like (laughs) with your hands with your hands like the way you fucking throw a basketball so like you like you raise the roof (laughs) yes you raise the roof holding a Wii remote and uh then you win I mean, you know, in reality, it's a Wii Sports game, so you can really That's actually frisbee. do a pretty wide variety of types of motion, and it will still have the same effect. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that one's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's, when you swing the sword in, in Zelda. Right. But uh, And it's it's fine. It's like... It, it, less slovenly, probably. A little less slovenly, yeah. I mean, it is. It is. That's pretty good. Like the actual just reading of what you're doing is fine, but the the like basketball game is pretty much garbage. I mean, it's it's yeah, yeah, right. It's it's a very weird implementation of a sports game. You know, where you're you're passing to a dude, then taking over for that guy because it's so simplistic that it's you're essentially just going through a repeated series of actions like forty times in a row. Isn't that kind of how NBA Jam works, except not fun? Maybe. Well, you can control the player. (laughs) Yeah, in NBA Jam, you have direct control over the player. Oh, you don't control the guy. That's what's so frustrating about these games. It's like they're they're so resistant to uh, allowing you to control a guy in a video game. I mean, that didn't really bother me in the baseball game in the original Wii Sports. That it was just pitching and hitting. I got used to that. Yeah, no. In basketball, in basketball, basketball is is intrinsically mobile though. I guess yeah. In baseball, you move towards the ball and catch it or don't. So yeah, right. Well, what's frustrating about basketball? If you're the batter, you don't move. You know what I mean? Yeah. For real, in baseball. In basketball, it's like you'll a guy will you know try and steal from you. He'll fall on his face, and then sometimes your guy will just not go to the basket. Like he'll just do (laughs) random things. He'll kind of turn it a circle. Get confused. You have some kind of nominal control by like tilting it around. Well, you can also dribble. That doesn't work. 
Yeah. Which which sort of sometimes forces your guy for anyway. So basketball he, sounds really great. It's yeah, why are we still talking about this? We're probably done. Yeah. Um, and Fat Princess is terrible too. <laughs> what, did, what did you not like about? it? I'm curious what you didn't like. About Every it. game is a stalemate until the very end, okay, and then it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's just did you have not any balance connecting because well. I hear in the final version a lot of people can't ever. Get oh, I, game. it took me ten tries to get a game on Saturday, and then uh, you know it got a little bit better the next day, but it was not much. Yeah. As it was incredibly frustrating, and then once you connect, I mean they're they're working on this problem. They you know obviously are aware of it, but like once you connect, the lag was bad in most cases as right. well. So I mean it was. But even when I found a good game, it just was not all that enjoyable. I mean, actually, you know, I mean, I kind of, I bought into a lot of, a lot of it. Like, I, I, the classes are fine. I kind of actually enjoy the combat to an extent, but, um, it's just from an over, overall game standpoint. It just, it, the, there was no flow. That's how I felt. To, that's there was exactly no flow. How I felt. There was right, no, exactly. there was none of that you're team just fortress kind of in there flow where you're doing actually, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't get the sense really of sort of a tide that's moving towards a goal. It's like, what you need is, I mean, I was playing as a medic for the most part and you can sort of push a tide at that point, but it requires yeah. everybody to realize that, hey, there's a medic who's doing stuff. You should follow him. And then, I mean, just doing that on PS5 is count, almost impossible. It's hard to count on that. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of other games you don't like, you played the IL two demo. Oh on yeah, Xbox don't play that. Three sixty. Yeah, terrible frame rate problems. I don't. It, it's kind of disappointing because I was sort of hoping that it would be halfway decent. It actually, looks really nice. Like what the, is this game? I, it's the um, IL two Starvik. It's the flight sim series that um, uh, like Maddox. Uh, that guy Maddox. Yeah, does. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a PC series for a really long time, and it, you know it's got a lot of sort of hardcore followers, but. Uh, they finally, you know, uh, but Gaijin Entertainment is bringing uh, okay. it to, to 360 and PS3. And, um, yeah, it's just a really bad game. It's just but a it's frame pretty. rate. And yeah, it looks nice, but when you shoot a bomber, the, the flame effect just grinds it to a halt. Like three wow. volumetric smoke, just, you know, five frames per second. So apparently not a very, uh, They're having issues prop, with their know. emissions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Everything you say sounds sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> Having trouble with their emissions? <laughs> if anyone's curious as to who's talking right now, I, Jake, am talking about emissions. Nick <laughs> is talking about a flight sim, and Chris is calling me sleazy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that was your update. <laughs> Good. Are you going to keep pop in with those every once in a while? No, oh, I'll okay. forget. All right. mm. um, so, you. Chris is saying so. Thanks. Um,. You played. Jake was just warming up there. I don't know if I can. Uh, Nick, you also played some more Dawn of Discovery and liked it this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't. Oh, I didn't hate it last time. You hated it. Did I? All right, you hated, I hated it, it so much. Last time, Nick hated Dawn of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I actually I feel really bad um, for for hating. I guess it. I I don't think I hated. It. I think I dismissed it. But um, I don't know. There were some things that I said about it that I still stand by though. But it is a really good game. I think people should check it out. But it does, it does. I mean, we spoke about it without really knowing. But it, it as you mentioned last time, it, it, it does have that sort of nice SimCity progression where your cities sort yeah. of build up and evolve. And and uh, I, you know, my experience with it though was interesting. I, I, I was incredibly frustrated with it. And then about hour three, I, uh, I found the secret to not being terrible. And yeah, then, what's, and then what's I the secret. Um, just satisfying your citizens doing what the game, I mean, I, I, it was so dumb. I, at the time I, I was like, if only where there was a mode that explained this to you in a way that 
It was sort of separate <laughs> from this mode. It wasn't so hard. If only there was some right. way that and they could just clearly tell me, that Chris train me, about. maybe. What is this? And hold also, my hand. If they could get that campaign button off the main screen, <laughs> yeah, it's what? cluttering yeah, it up. Just, what is, what is, why are they forcing me into this? I don't understand. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, man. Weird. So, so you played the campaign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I played another one, and I, I was less bad. But okay, but here's the thing, though. It is a, it is the kind of game, though, that you know, even if you are, even if you know what's going on, you can screw yourself over really badly. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, yeah. it's 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 difficult. I mean, it's a difficult game. It's the kind of game where you have to sort of know the steps, and if you skip one of the steps or or don't understand what they are, then you're you're pretty much done. Um. And it's it's not it's not a really intuitive game either. There are some mechanics and 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 <laughs> systems going on that just don't really. I mean, the, the fact yeah. that you have the two trading hubs and then you have to always get the the rights to trade with the other one or to build right. the yeah build yeah the, build the south the, you know the the sort of um, right. There's the oriental trading oriental guy, trading guy, you and have you to, have to get rights from yeah, your your it seems kind of unnecessary yeah. and a little. It is a little weird. It's a little weird, and, and well, I mean, it's and that's just I think the game. Could have better messaging, or maybe yeah. a little be a little more intuitive. Yeah. But once you once you get once you once there's you a few the weird little things, but once you know them, it all yeah. kind of works together. Really but if you well. don't know them, like I, like there's a point where you have to have spice and be providing that to your citizens. Right. Well, you gotta have spice. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have yeah, spice. You gotta have the spice. <laughs> Kill that snake. Yeah, a unit said that to me, and I didn't know what it meant. I thought, I thought, I thought he was just weird. I thought he was just being spicy. It. I heard yeah. you gotta have spice. I was like, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, the, the disco dancing fro guy from WarioWare showed up as an advisor. What the hell? Gotta have some spice. Gotta have the spice. You gotta have it. But then I realized and that then he's like, a- excuse me, do you have any pictures of Michael Jordan uh, on a 386? The citizens demand a picture of Michael Jordan. It was a wonderful audit, picture. Audit, I, tried, I tried to procure it. Was it was quite delightful. <laughs> Your public relations representative. <laughs> what the hell? And then then you decided it was time to play the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I passed him on to my CFO. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. My voice yeah, is gone again. Yeah, good, Jake is, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Jake is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Don Discovery is really fun. It's It's interesting because... It it really is all about man, Jake. What killing me? What? Uh, <laughs> nothing. It really is entirely. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, I'm Jake. You're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. You gotta have the spice. Um, it's you know you do get to a point in that game where you where it kind of clicks, but it's interesting because it's. You know what? Actually, this really ties into a reader mail we got that I'm just going to read now instead of oh, waiting, waiting for reader mail. This reminds Man. me of a reader mail. Well, no, because it's 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 Not an observation that it's an observation that that I was going to make, and we can kill two birds with one stone here. So, this world. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Evan Gould writes. So I was playing Dawn of Discovery on Chris's recommendation, and the game's economic management system suddenly clicked in my head with the fact that this game is made in Europe. I, I noticed how all the businesses in this game are an absolute drain on government finances, and the only income <laughs> is provided by individual taxes, yeah. perhaps reflecting continental yeah. European discomfort with fully private markets. Businesses' production levels must be managed by you, the benevolent bu- bureaucratic overlord, and are not subject to the way it's managed in the SimCity games, where you create a favorable environment and businesses manage their own affairs, which you then tax. Anyway, I thought it was interesting how deeply ingrained ideas about optim- optimal economic 
economic systems are ingrained in each cult culture, Anglo-Saxon versus continental Europe, that they filter through in video games made by people who probably have no real education regarding economics. Uh, great game, by the way. Never would have heard of it without the podcast, 7G. Wow, I feel really uneducated now. No, I, 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 yeah, but, I, but that's totally true. It, is, it like, is absolutely I, true because I, yeah. that was my second playthrough. I realized, oh, wait, there, you know, there's, everything yeah. takes you, up a lot of money. Can't, and you I, can't assume that there's a free market going on. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you are essentially dictating. So, I mean, there's, it's, you know, it's that, it is that kind of European, like, semi socialist yeah. thing where it's like, there is free market to the extent that an individual can run a business and make a living off of it, but you are there as the government to sort of keep everything in place and, and mm -hmm. like, regulate the system. So, which completely. game do you guys like more, uh, <laughs> Dawn of Discovery or SimCity? I like them for different reasons, but for entirely gameplay reasons. Like in SimCity, I, I we're gonna say for entirely gay reasons. For, entire, for, confused for, for very some... homosexual reasons. I was like, what? Dude. This is going weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they're they're very different. Um, like it's it's funny because I don't really like in like a real time strategy game. I sometimes get kind of irritated by kind of the Blizzard model. I love Blizzard RTS games, but sometimes just dealing with all the resource management it seems a little silly to me like especially in the middle of a battle but a game like dawn of discovery which is entirely about resource management almost entirely about it um i think it's really fun because the game kind of puts that right up front and it's like this is what you're going to be doing mm. and i kind of like that whereas in sim city i spend more time kind of worrying about just the layout of my city and like kind of building a cool looking city and stuff i keep trying to do that in dawn of discovery but it's really hard because you have to keep readjusting the ratio of like how many of this kind of yeah. businesses you have to yeah you ones. essentially have to destroy sections of your right. city to make exactly that work. right yeah and so i, I that's kind of cool though it, yeah, it is kind of cool. It does lead to extreme city planning that I never it does. I found in, in SimCity, uh, where right from the beginning of the game, I know five tiers from now. I'm on that I level know now. basically what I'm going to be working towards. So I'm going to start with this really cool central city square. Have these little pockets that have their own kind of churches and factories and stuff. And it, it's kind of hardcore. That's kind of it, awesome. Actually. It, it is pretty awesome. Like whatever. But I mean, it's, maybe it's not fun. But it's a cool. No, it's really it's <laughs> sounding really, cool. It's really fun, but it's weird because it it. I play it differently, you know, like in um, in a game like Civilization or SimCity or something, I would just kind of start and play a game sort of like go. forever. Yeah. In this game, I find myself restarting every once in a while just because I want to try and make it better. Mm. And every time I restart, I have I build a much better city and I can see that much further into the future. It's, you're like you're like a human version of that of the um, introversion city building uh, system. What? You know that? <clears throat> you know the name of that thing? Someone's going to tell me what it is on the forums. Introversion, the guys who yeah, Darwinian, yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah, they've got Def some Con. project going on whose name I can't remember for the life of me, mm. but it's, it's built around this sort of procedural city building algorithm that sort of obeys its own written rules about how cities sort of grid out and where buildings and population right. centers rise, and they they populate entire dynamically generated cities and buildings and stuff. And it's this it's, sounds interesting, Jake. I'm Jake, and it's very it is very interesting, and ah. Anyway, it sounds like like they've put videos up of the of the game sort of iterating through building cities as they've evolved this, and you are the slow motion, stupid human brain, like <laughs> yeah. you're like the the weird like meat mind version, of, <laughs> right? Of what yeah. those guys are, you're being replaced. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, you definitely have to take that role yourself in this game. There's definitely nothing procedural going on. I know. It's all based. Yeah, but it's an interesting comparison because yeah, you do have to be that. You do have to be that system because the game won't do it for you. I yeah. mean, it is you are balancing that stuff yourself, and I, I mean. I make I make it sound more ridiculous than it is. I mean, you know, as you're doing this, you can see what you have too much of and what you don't have. Enough. I mean, it's not like there aren't, you know, it's not like the game just hangs you out to dry and says you're doing it wrong, and then you just have to try things until you get it right. Um, I think I think the introversion game is called Subversion, actually. Oh, okay, Subversion. I remember seeing something about that, but I don't know much about it. I haven't read much.
Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool game. I I hope I didn't make it sound too scary, but it's uh you know it does benefit from scary. giving it a few tries. Yeah, it's it's you scary do, until it's, you kind of know a trial what you're doing. and error thing. Yeah, um, I mean that's not like the sort of thing that not everyone is into, but some people probably actually want to play SimCity right. style games for that and have it actually be rewarded, and that's right. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I like it. I think I tend to be more. I mean, you were saying you don't like how StarCraft has sort of like a blend of the two, but I, that's sort of more my I style. I don't dislike it, but sometimes it just sort of bothers me on principle. It just seems like such a preposterous thing to be doing in the middle of a battle. I don't know. I suppose I kind of like the the the, the sort of dependency there, where you know you have to yeah. have one system that supports the other. I mean, I like that in like a game like Stronghold, where you know. It has that same sort of chain of of economy, you know, economic buildup, but but it's it's there to support something else, like another component. Um, I kind of like that balance. But uh, good point, Nick. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> People always say they can never tell us apart. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so I'm Nick yeah. Brecken. Oh, good. I'm uh, Nick Brecken as well. Oh, I'm good. Big Bird. and I'm Nick Brecken. Um, so there's some different opinions on Dawn of Discovery that hopefully should give you an idea of whether you'd like it. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to say about Dawn of Discovery though was that I still st- <laughs> speaking no, of trying, speaking of Far Cry and Far Cry too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the new that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, this is the new it. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I wanted to reiterate that I, I really wish that there were there was more of a like the, the more more attention to the citizens and and sort of. The, you know, I guess you know the, the, the first of all, the, the citizens that you that are just living in houses just sort of walk around aimlessly and have no real purpose, which I find kind of odd and silly. But then also the the workers, you know, you can't really unless you zoom way in, and they're just not very distinctive. I just I, I like it needs the the traffic simulation add on like Simpson. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it needs something. It needs it needs more more of a distinction in in the city itself. I I just I I get a lot of enjoyment out of things like that. I, like I remember. I, I was talking about why this game sort of clicked for me. And it was when I got to build like a cobblestone road, just because <laughs> right. for whatever reason so you I to like upgrade your road from a yeah, dirt road like, to a cobblestone road. It was really road, weird, yeah. but I, I just I like that sort of minute detail within yeah. one of you know in these city games. Like I, I sort of like to see that you know those slight changes and it, yeah. No, it's true. Uh, those cobblestone runs, roads can fuck you too. I, I was yes. uh, can can screw you, can inconvenience you. Um, I was can fuck uh, you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, in my most recent game. I haven't I haven't played this game in a while because I was at Comic Con and then this weekend I was gone too and then uh, but before that you know my most recent save I was actually trying to upgrade my entire city to cobblestone mm, yeah and you know to build one segment of a cobblestone road it's very benevolent it's yeah I know it just looks so it looks cool I mean it's you know it's like citizens was, I give you a great <laughs> gift right um, it costs like a, a fairly minimal amount of gold and only one unit of stone I mean it's you know basically as low as it can cost while still requiring a material. Uh, but doing it for your entire fucking huge island-sized city, um, I basically have bankrupted yeah. my all of my stone quarries to, yeah. to, do, to do this. It's kind of hilarious. Like, yeah. but, what a great guy this, this is. <laughs> yeah, right. Thinks he's giving us something nice with this cobblestone road. Where's my job? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have, yeah, I've created the deficit uh, with stone. Um and uh and so now i've got like half of the city 
decked out with cobblestone road and then every single time a worker comes like takes this like wheelbarrow full of stone back yeah. to the warehouse then it's like three more stones pop up i'm like yes and i build three more squares of squares of cobblestone <laughs> and then i have zero again and it's like i'm in this horrible weird stupid you've like, become the worst ruler i know yeah. i'm horrible yeah. i'm a tax and spend liberal is, right. what, I, is what i am yeah um uh, I'm becoming a caricature. Uh, and so all my money in stone is just going towards upgrading my roads. Statues so. of yourself. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, you can build statues too, and that yeah. also costs stone. Yeah. And I end up in these situations where, you know, because the different buildings are different sizes. See, you I want to see where the poor up with citizens little... that are chipping away on these projects. Like, <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, no, those guys been doing are this fine. for like 17 hey, no. years. Those guys are employed. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> they got jobs building my it's, statues. It's everyone else who can't work because right. they have no money to even pay us and they do. Right. Yeah. See, I got caught in this weird, like, uh, industrial complex, but it was like a tool industrial complex where I built up all of these tool manufacturing buildings. <laughs> and then I realized, oh shit, they're all like costing like millions of dollars of support. Right. And what am I going to do with these tools? Oh, I'll ship them over to like, you know, some weird country halfway across the map. So then I had this, <laughs> this like, I was, I was, I was hanging by, my economy was hanging by a thread. You became on, weird, like, on this, like third world export. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Everything was dependent on tools. Like tools were my oil. <laughs> And then the Corsairs came out of nowhere and blew up all my ships. And so then I've got like 60,000 tools. I'm in debt to like, you know, 10,000 gold. And there was no way to get out of that. Like, what are you going to do? Just like, I was sitting on my pile of tools, just oh, man. kind of my citizens were starving. Think buildings were like <laughs> you should disheveled. Use those tools and- <laughs> this game is awesome. Um, yeah, that's so the, funny because yeah, I remember yeah, like... That's the- when your workers rise up and you're right. fucked. I had the tools, yeah. but no sickle. I was... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That was hardcore, Nick. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> um, it's funny because because like the day before, I saw you on Twitter and you're like, "What the fuck? You need tools to build a tool workshop? This game is bullshit." <laughs> I guess they're like, "Oh, I know how tool workshop." Yeah, that's exactly works. what I did. That's all I'm gonna build. It was that playthrough. Now I can build them. Yeah. so many tools. <laughs> I guess right. Just imagine you sort of on this on a throne, like just yeah. On a twenty-foot tool-encrusted throne, right? yeah, and your just, throne is built of tools. Yeah, and they give you a plate that's made out of tools. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Your Midas tool. Yeah. Everything I touch turns, turns to tools. To tools. No. Yeah. So that's that's what happened in your game. Yeah. Oh wow, that sounds crazy. But yeah, I can't believe that it was smart enough to put you on a thirty-foot-high <laughs> throne of tools. And have the throne be made of tools, and have them serve you dishes made of tools with tools on them. <laughs> See, that's what we need. You I know? like that Nick is the master of creating weird, fucked up parallels <laughs> to the real world in like empire building <laughs> oh, yeah, strategy. You've, you've created well, export driven nation. Way to go! You, well, you created need- like the Iraq War, like the export driven right. nation, like the, a jihad, like basically <laughs> like all of these things you have modeled do you remember, accidentally. Do you remember Civilization Two? Where you're a horrible ruler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird that I like strategy games. Um, <laughs> they don't like me. The, you, you remember Civ Two, where it had the throne room? Where I never played Civ Two. Oh, uh, it had a. I throne. played Civ One, but it still had a room. It Did it have a throne room? room? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I think there should be. I think they should bring that back, but have it just be dynamic, so that like if you have like a thousand tools or or like of, of all of your <laughs> right. citizens, you're just like seeing the statues got, and sort of crests with tools. Right. On, yeah. Like, yeah, if yeah. You've got lots of beakers. You just got nerdy scientists. Yes. Like, yes. Everywhere exactly. with just like charts filling up everything. Yeah. 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 That would actually be kind That'd of awesome. Or great. just a room full of beakers. <laughs> just got. <laughs> You just got science shit. I mean, shit the best would be if they could discover that you're a weird, like, low-income, export-driven nation that only makes tools, and then for some reason your guy ends up just getting this sort of 
you know, just you get the sort of freaky military leader outfit. Right, right, like, yeah. You, you get yeah. the sort of all like brown, way tight fitting clothes made out of coarse fabric <laughs> advisors all lined up. <laughs> the, the decor gets really tacky looking for some reason. Yeah. That would actually be awesome. Yeah. That seems like also the exact kind of thing that the people who design these games would love. Yes. I yeah. mean, maybe not Dawn of Discovery, but like certainly a civilization right, type of yeah. game. Yeah, if they could, if, yeah would, I would love that. Yeah. yeah, seeing screenshots of people's societies represented by the ruling chambers yeah. would be really interesting. Right? To me. Yeah, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a spore type feature, almost. Yeah, Some, yeah, because yeah, spore does kind of do that, but just in a graph. Right. You know, I mean, spore does kind of determine what. Right, but yeah, how you, militaristic of a society yes, you yeah. are. You get the whatever. press photos of your ruler shaking hands with someone else. <laughs> like that. God, that would like, be incredible, Whoa. actually. Why hasn't that been done? Maybe it has. Yeah. I don't know. But like that would be such a such a cool thing to like yeah. add so much character right, to yeah, the game. Yeah, when, when to, the treaty is signed or whatever, and it's got right. your like, weird fat... Like Kim Jong Il guy, like wait, that's no, oh, that's what I am. Yeah, well, see, I think, oh I mean, man, I wasn't okay. That's yeah. what was so cool about about the um, the RTS component in Spore was that there was that sort of element of customization, which right. most of these games don't have still. Right. Which I think would be interesting to play with. Somebody should make that game. Well, you know what's cool? I mean, we, obviously we have no information on this at all, but um, Soren Johnson, who designed Civilization Four and um, worked on the strategy part of Spore, he, I mean, all that's known about what he's doing next is that it's like untitled strategy game mm. in Maxis. But I'm pretty excited that they're calling it strategy game. Yeah, that's cool. You know, what I mean, that's yeah. interesting what it suggests because he's a like an amazing strategy. So we gotta, game we gotta ask that guy if he'll put in a cool throne room feature. Yeah, right. We should I mean, have him on the podcast. Well, I feel like that's the kind of thing that's the kind of thing he would like. Who who else was I was I talking to that? Uh, oh, Creative Assembly. They like oh, stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, you know, I was talking what do those to those guys do uh, um, the Total, Total War. War series. Okay. Um, I was talking to one of their guys last year before Empire came out, and he was talking about how much. You know, they, how much time they put into trying to determine things like what at what point will a society declare revolution? Like, what are all the factors yeah, yeah. that lead to that? And at what point do they reach a threshold? And like, That's can awesome. you model that across different uh, like different scenarios or different countries? And, and so hopefully the uh, the big strategy game feature for 2011 will be uh, <laughs> yeah. generative yeah. Uh, throne rooms and ruling classes be depicted <laughs> right. in press coverage. Yeah. Yeah. It's everyone's it's going to be all over the place. I hope so. I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, building structures has been cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is just that's the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Bring in your save game yeah. from uh, Dawn of Discovery or Civ Four, and we'll uh, generate you a throne room. Mm. International <laughs> press conference oh <'09. laughs> nine. Man, EA Games. Um, so there's that. Talked about that for a long time. Christ. Yeah, Sorry, we love uh, that. Apparently, yeah. <clears throat> we like talking about our fictional games that we made up in our heads yeah um whatever i played the fallout uh three the latest fall three content the mother the mothership game? zeta i didn't you were, you were not presented with the plaque of michael jordan <laughs> no <laughs> at his 386 <laughs> <laughs> no i um it's i haven't played any of the uh any of the fallout three content except oh, so for a little, a little bit of the first one thanks jake <laughs> uh since a little bit of the first one um which i i didn't really get into yeah that put you off of it yeah, yeah. Um, I just, for some reason, I didn't get into it. Nick, you, we were talking about this. You you were yeah. the same way. I, think. I have not played any of it. But yeah. now you're in space. Well, there, <laughs> uh, now you're in space, says Jake. Um, <laughs> now you're in space. Now you're in space. What actually, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about it, really. I sort of noticed it had come out, and I wasn't really paying attention. And then today, I saw a bunch of screenshots that were taken by some British game journalist who, who, who uh, Posted. I don't even remember where I saw them, but I somehow came across them. I saw them on Richard Richard Cobbett's Twitter feed, but I don't think he took them. Right. Um, I and just spilled stuff on myself, so I'll see you. 
<laughs> that was Jake. Just, he just peed on himself. He's being. He's not. Uh, <laughs> he looks like it. <laughs> um. <laughs> What was I saying again? I was talking about a video game. Fallout 3 screenshots. Oh, Fallout 3 screenshots. Oh. Yeah, so basically I saw a bunch of screenshots of this and I and I it was actually really surprising because Jake's just walking in circles now. Um, I saw a bunch of screenshots of this. Of the, I found the Z's. Okay. Um, um, and they just looked really crazy. You know, I mean, the whole thing takes place basically on a spaceship. Yeah. And uh, it's the spaceship from the Fallout games. Right. That's part part of it was just that the screenshots I saw were... Uh, really, really high quality. I mean, they were, mm-hmm. you know, they just looked really good. They're very yeah. crisp and nice. I mean, it's from the PC version. And uh, just really, well, I mean, because they're high, really high resolution. We they, love the PC they, here. They, you know, <laughs> you're spilling it everywhere. What are you doing? <laughs> Jake is a child. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, we're throwing this one to the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I saw um, these screenshots. They looked crazy. They looked very different from the main Fallout 3 game. And they looked, it, it looked it, really cool. Yeah, they looked really cool. It made me want it made me actually excited enough about it to to get it and download it and install it and play it, which I did through games for Windows, which actually worked fine. I can't can't complain about this particular thing. Um <laughs> today. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I haven't I the, the two times I've tried to download content from Games for Windows, it's worked. So, you know, whatever. I guess they figured out that part. Um so I played that and uh, it's really it's pretty linear. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not like it expands the world per se and gives you more stuff to explore in the world itself. It just adds on kind of this little instance. But it where does you... ask the question, what if a Fallout character got abducted onto a spaceship? <laughs> right. It does answer that burning philosophical. And the answer is inquiry. it looks like an awesome Fallout universe spaceship. Right. Yeah. I, think, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. It's got a good take on it. It's got a good take on on an alien spaceship, which is basically what if people from the era Fallout is perpetually stuck in built a set of a spaceship. I mean, that that's basically what it is. It looks really cool. It's just very kind of, It has the know. strongest premise of all of the uh, DLC packs. Yeah. It's I mean, it's fully self-contained. It's just yeah. kind of, you're, you're in this it's place. The, yeah. I mean, from structurally, it's, it's, it's not all that different from the, from the rest, but it's just, it's the coolest concept for yeah. sure. And the, the aliens are great. I mean, they're classic old school, like little green men with tinfoil costumes yeah, cool. and shiny helmets. I mean, it looks they look rad. It's, it's but like really... with a multi-million dollar budget, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. What if a fifty sci-fi movie had the budget of today's Michael Bay film, right? Or today's AAA video game, or today's AAA video game? I was trying to use. I was trying to stay with the film analogy. Yeah. What if a nineteen fifties <laughs> Alien game had a budget of a current game? It would be a sweet oscilloscope. <laughs> it's true maybe two of them um, duct taped together oh god um thanks jake um, <laughs> so i'm just spilling things over all over myself it's over true here, so. he is um <laughs> so anyway, you want to talk about all over this podcast yeah <laughs> there is a cool moment where you because you know you're in the spaceship and it could be it could be basically a vault for you know for all you know from purely the gameplay i mean it's obvious you're on a spaceship but the actual environment it's all contained it's all interior and then all of a sudden you get to a window and you see out into you know the vastness space. of space which you were super excited about Chris. i was excited about it you couldn't see the earth though i'm no hoping moon? that uh you could see the sun do you want a spoiler Okay. I think a screenshot has shown that Earth is visible. Okay, good. That's all I was hoping for. Also, you go to the moon in Bioshock 5. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this, I don't know, based on what I've played of it, I've played about an hour of it, um, and it seems cool. 
I it's the it's the first Fallout 3 DLC that got me pretty excited. I, I actually also played some of the Pit DLC at a press event, mm. and I didn't it didn't do much for me. It seemed because I mean, you yeah, know, the moon would be awesome for Bioshock. For Bioshock, <laughs> it would. It would be. It would amazing. be amazing because it would act like water in a sense, right. then low gravity, and then but be way You could also hardcore. take it into the future and do a whole thing. Man, that would be amazing. Anyway, it would be on. so sorry. Rad. I just. I mean, I just, it would be cool. I, if you could see us before, but <laughs> <laughs> you could see yourself yeah. shaking hands yeah. with astronauts from other countries. Um, no, I mean, if it were actually set in like with the level of technology like in the film a moon yeah yeah that yeah that's what rad. i was thinking of i, I yeah, yeah. Oh, so the world what if the world of bioshock gets transported to 19 like early 80s nasa yeah oh yeah that would be awesome that would actually work so fallout 4 bioshock i mean 5, what if like what moon if, 2 yeah what if before the Anno space program sort of shot itself and stopped <laughs> doing anything like what if you know when people were still expi- excited about going into space someone built this crazy city on space and then that, the on space, space <laughs> <laughs> what if you on built space. a city on space? Um, that would be awesome. And then the space programs went away as they are now. And, right, and you were just and stuck and up there. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's, a- that's a depressing thing. My friend Jared uh, said, that, sorry, this is like eight steps removed. One of his friends said, who's, you know, about our age, that when he was a little kid, he was bummed that he was too young to be the first person on Mars. And now he's bummed that he's too old <laughs> to be the first person on Mars. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. But you could yeah. live that dream in Bioshock 6, Mars Shock. <laughs> I don't want to go to. I don't want to Bioshock on Mars. We've no. already had Doom and everything. Oh, but then like yeah. a gateway Mars to hell is, opens uh, up. Yeah. yeah, I want the fucking moon. Moon <laughs> is awesome. Anyway, do you have Maybe any closing thoughts on the Fallout fall DLC? <laughs> no, I, I um, I think it's fun. Cool. I, basically, my point about the other DLC that I played, the Pit, was that it, it's actually not very dissimilar to this one structurally. I mean, it's fairly guided. You're going along, you're solving a thing within a new environment. The difference is this one looks and feels so different to the main Fallout 3. Yeah, that it is it neat feels that it's, like, it's weird. Just like it's, it looks like it's in the same universe. I mean, if right, someone says exactly, this is a yeah. Fallout game, you You'd don't, like, you don't go, right. of course it is. You say, oh, wow, whoa. You know, sorry, that's a weird explanation. Well, yeah. Sorry, it's stupid to say. <laughs> you don't go, oh, wow. You go, oh, wow, uh, yo. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't 100% look like the art from Fallout 3. It's obviously not at the lapidated right. Washington, D.C. Yeah. But, but it's consistent. It's cool in terms that it's just this world. Here. Like, what would this crazy, completely other portion of the Fallout 3 world look like? Right. Yeah. I'm glad that they're showing that. It's nice. It's, it's also funny that they just stuck that. I mean, because the UFO is already there, but it's, it's sort of a funny thing to have in Fallout 3. It's almost more of a Fallout 2 thing than a Fallout 1 thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the rest yes. of Fallout 3 is much more Fallout 1 yeah. in tone, but this one's like that weird kind, kind of, of goofy, goofy sort of, yeah. you know, Fallout well, I mean, 2. That sort of thing almost always happens when something like this sticks around long enough. It's yeah, like, right. And we're just going to space. Yeah. Well, I mean, Fallout I think... goes Hawaiian. I think that's why a lot of that Fallout 2 stuff was how it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, this you know... Is, this world needs to up itself. Right. And one-up itself as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I, I think the UFO was in the in the first game, and I think it was... I think it was more of a Roswell sort of you're in the desert kind of yeah. you know yeah funny thing the Easter egg you know I mean it was it was a PC Easter egg but what if <laughs> but what if that UFO became a character oh shit <laughs> yeah I don't know um so that's cool we should probably we should probably take a break we should take a oh break. shit holy shit video game we'll be back with Donkey Cox video game and we're back. There's a new TIE fighter coming out. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Thanks, Jake. Oh. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, we heard yes. there might be a new TIE fighter and or X-Wing. Dot, 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 dot. dot. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, that was a- Fo- followed by uh, eyebrow raising dots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the. Uh- the president of Nintendo said that in an interview, didn't he? I mean, he said, yeah, like... The president of Nintendo <laughs> has declared... Sorry. I, Awada, I declare... The president of LucasArts said something dot, like... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> he said whatever it was. It was like, we've got nothing to announce about a new TIE fighter. Not. But maybe we will soon. Jesus. Said, like, he he said, channeling Iwata. Like, right. extraordinarily coyly. That's what I meant. Not Sorry, not the president of those statements were so similar in style that I metaphorically I'm, the president Nintendo. Yeah. Well, what's that extra port? Eyebrow raise, like ripping a hole in the ceiling. Like <laughs> the, your saucy eyebrow raise. Oh, your boy. saucy eyebrow. Who? Who is you? Are, uh, you Iwata. are you addressing Iwata? I was talking to Iwata. Mr. Iwata, your saucy eyebrow raise has <laughs> generated quite eyebrows. a bit of speculation. In the- <laughs> yeah. It might. It may surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will please you with the depth. Oh. It may surprise you. Uh, hopefully, that will be the case with the new Tie Fighter game. Mm. I would dot, like dot, a depth dot. that might surprise me. Um, uh, yeah, it was. I was. It, I Tie Fighter is one of those games that I, I think about just kind of randomly every few months. Like it'll just come to mind because it was so fun. <laughs> It's one of those games. I just, uh, you know, I, you know, I do. Fighter. It was really, really good. Yeah. What if I was a fighting tie? <laughs> the fighting ties. Um, is that like a college team there? Some spinning got, bow ties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, we went different directions. Yeah. I went college sports team. You oh, yeah, barbershop yeah, quartet. <laughs> the, the barber, a barbershop quartet called the Fighting Ties. I don't know. You had a spinning. Oh, well, the mascot probably has is a spinning oh, bow tie. Or okay. has one. Oh, I see. It's just a huge bow tie with sort of arms and legs coming out. Like, it's the widest mascot costume. Anyway, that'll be in the new TIE Fighter. Yeah, probably it will. Um, so, so there might be a new, a new X-Wing or TIE Fighter game coming out. Um, I liked TIE Fighter. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought game. it was really good. Yes. And what's amazing like to me about TIE Fighter is that, at the well, X-Wing, I guess, because I came out first. But yeah. when I first played X-Wing... Um, we've talked about these games before, yes, but you know, when I first played X-Wing, I hadn't played, like I didn't play Wing Commander or anything until mm-hmm. after that. Um, I don't think I'd ever played any kind of flight game or simulation game or anything like that. And, uh, this is where your love of space began. My love of space. Yeah. Well, actually I already did think space was cool. I'd never seen That's Star Wars. You were six or whatever. Uh, well, yeah. Or however, almost 18. <laughs> I was, um, I definitely, um. <laughs> Had not seen Star Wars, but I did think space was cool. Like, I actually read a lot of books on astronomy and stuff. Like, weird shit that was even too old for me at the time, like Stephen Hawking books and stuff. Um, And so I, you know, vaguely thought space is cool. But then I played this game, and it's amazing to me in retrospect because uh, it was way more complicated than I think I realized it was at the time. Yeah, you sent me the keybind sheet today, which fills up an entire computer monitor. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, and I, I didn't remember that until today. Basically. I mean, admittedly, some of those are volume adjustments and graphics. They're, well, and a lot of them yeah. are redundant too. It's right, like, it's but it, but it was one of those games where you don't. No need, one would ever ship that keybind sheet today. No, right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I it, the amazing thing to me was how many of those keys I remembered actually using because there were things like yeah. every individual thing you could say to a to a squad mate, like attack this thing, go over here, like follow me. All of those had their own shortcut. And I remember using all of that stuff all the time. Like, you know, you'd, you'd be going around this level and you'd be basically managing your squad while fighting yourself and diverting power to your shields or while your weapons. Fighting or yourself. Yeah. In a cra- it was like a Zelda game or something. You'd, yeah, you'd fight your ghost. Um, but a no, it was a ghost. space ghost. Yeah. Space ghost. <laughs> it was a complicated game, but I don't remember thinking it was complicated at the time. 
which is kind of weird. And I remember well, when I went, it's that, it's that little child thing of like learning yeah, right. an incredibly complex know. system yeah, exactly. without realizing it. Yeah. Well, also, video games back then were for babies. Well, that's, that's true. They manned up around the PS2. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, but it was funny because I remember going from that to Rebel Assault, and and being like, that was yeah. The, I went the opposite direction. Which oh, is really? The way to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I went from that to Rebel Assault, and I remember having like very clearly having an actual critical opinion about rebel salt which i don't remember really having about games before i mean i think pr- previous to that it was just kind of like this is fun or like i don't really like this game but when i went from tie fighter to rebel salt it was like wow this is this is garbage like what is this crap this like linear shitty like nonsense where you like i, I mean well, rebel salt is just a shooting gallery i know but i but i didn't you were expecting tie fighter with sweet graphics right i mean to me it was just like it's a game where you pilot a ship you know what i mean i didn't i wasn't thinking about it in terms of genres i was like this is a game where you you fly a like a spaceship yeah. around and shoot things and this this one is also and i remember being really surprised at the different way that's that funny. could yeah, be done no, um but yeah but god tie fighter that game was really good. I, I'm kind of curious if they're actually making a new one or if they're just putting the old one on Steam or something. Yeah. Or if they're doing nothing. Or if they're doing nothing. If all those dots. dots, dots, like, dots. Yeah. All those dots. Yeah. yeah. Dots. Yeah. You guys want to read a mail from a reader? He's, he's got dots We better. We're going to just reminisce for yeah, that's true. 20 minutes. I, remember. I was fun. on the verge and then I thought, eh, yeah, no. I was going to tell a story about Rebel Assault. Yeah, oh, really? Shields, What's your story? Lowering shields. Oh, I guess I will say it really quickly is that Rebel Assault was probably the first game that um, made me sort of think about people's intent with the game versus what I was expecting a game to be because Rebel Assault was uh, I, I was like oh this is going to be great oh I guess it is actually just sort of like a carnival shooting gallery but right, with a crazy right. video over it and so well, I guess mirror. that was what they were going for yeah <laughs> they did a good job of that yeah that's fair enough that's not what I was that's not what I wanted but it was the first time I'd ever sort of had that like oh yeah. I guess they achieved the thing they wanted to do weird it's weird that we both had like specific, like weird Rebel opinion like my formations of out of Rebel Assault yeah. of all games yeah yeah I just sort of was like, hey, Star Wars. <laughs> well, that was, of course, the best is that, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. a full motion video of Darth Vader walking well, around with, yeah, with a like, 70s announcer saying, Darth Vader leading his battle against <laughs> the rebellion. Like, oh, my God. I think yeah. I saw Star Wars actually in between TIE Fighter uh, and Rebel Assault. I probably I probably hadn't seen Star Wars when I played Rebel Assault either. But well, I just, who are you people? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch and I didn't really... I remember watching Return of the Jedi first and and just wondering what what video games. Just thinking it was kind of cool, but not really knowing what, you know. Anyway. You guys are weird. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. No, I I had I I just didn't watch like any sci I I wasn't aware of any sci fi or fantasy stuff for a while. Like I mean my friends all were, so I knew I knew that Star Wars existed, but I just never I don't know. I never came in contact with it. The thing about TIE Fighter and and X Wing for me was that just I have a really vivid memory of seeing just like a thousand lasers blasting off at once in the in like sort of like the blackness of space and just yeah. it was sort of the first game that had that large scale conflict that yeah. I hadn't really experienced in a video game before. Just it kind was of pretty early you for are like, like a, real a time person 3D. within this huge yeah. battle going on, which yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't think of a game that I'd played at that point that yeah. sort of did that. Yeah, I'd played I'd played Link Commander one and two before those. Yeah, I see, I hadn't yeah, done that. Yeah. I hadn't either. I didn't I didn't play those till later. Yeah, oh, those games were good. I mean, I there weren't tons of like actual full 3D simulations yet at that point. Were there? There's a lot of kind of fake stuff. I don't those games full. I think 3D? they were faked. Oh, really? Were they? I thought yeah, they, I thought they, they were, were updated later. Engine. I mean, there was there was other faked 3D stuff like Flight Sims or even X Wing versus Tie Fighter. X Wing versus Tie Fighter had polygons. Did it have polygons? Yeah, Some bad ones. No, that game was like late late nineties. That was a full on three D game. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was but I, 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 another one of my memories of those two games actually is that at the time, 
all my friends had like an SNES and they were playing Star Fox. And mm, I remember, yeah. I remember having a really severe case of like, ha ha ha, look what I've got. Oh. Uh, Cause I mean, you know, they came out like the yeah. same year, basically. I mean, I think TIE Fighter and Star Fox both came out in like 93 or something. And yep. I remember like the difference between, between those two. I was- remember my brain bouncing back and forth during that era of like, Super Mario 3 is amazing. Monkey Island 2 is amazing. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, and then it was bounce like, back to have because those are both amazing. Yeah, and that, those those two games. And then just, you know, eventually that sort of evened out. But then things like Yoshi's Island came out and was like, well, no one's ever going to make that on the PC ever. <laughs> right, that's true. So, uh, yeah. Got Jazz Jackrabbit on the PC. Hmm. Cliff Blazinski. Speaking of Cliff Blazinski, let's read some reader mail. <laughs> yeah. Cliff Blazinski writes in, have you guys played Jazz Jackrabbit? <laughs> <laughs> he then, he then goes on games. for a while. P.S. The Wizard Rules. <laughs> um, Brendan, Brendan uh, Petracek writes, Hello, I learned of a wizard-related drinking game and thought you might like to hear about it. To play, you need beer cans and, ta- beer cans and tape, preferably duct tape. Every beer that you finish, you stack one on top of the last one and tape it together. If the growing stack of beer cans becomes as tall as you are, you are now a motherfucking wizard, and that is your wizard staff. Apparently, there's more to it, but we didn't really bother with any of that. Um, and then he links to this page that's all like has this huge, elaborate rule set for the wizard drinking game. It's called Wisest Wizard, apparently. Well, that's all uh, right. Yeah, I know. Um, it's really complicated. It includes like leveling up and stuff, uh, which is kind of. So if anyone plays that, please let us know. Yeah. Or if you dream that you've played it, let us know about that. I'll link to the. I'll link to it in the downloadable content thread. I'm not going to read the whole thing here. Um, but that exists. Weird. Um, not related to our wizard, though. So no, our wizard. <laughs> Good old wizard. I think I think it's all the same at, at heart. All wizards share a common ancestor. I the think wizard. So. <laughs> the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Corey Larson writes in regarding our Counter Strike conversation from I don't know a couple episodes ago. He says. Um, I don't remember that one. On the actual podcast from last week, the one not about poo, but the ones the one before that, you guys mentioned drivable vehicles and Counter-Strike, but didn't mention many specifics. Uh, okay, so here here we go. He's going to inform us. He says, to the best of my recollection, this was around Beta 6 or Beta 7 for Counter-Strike, and the map, the only one I know of that was developed uh, by the CS team and not community-made was DE Jeepathon 2K. <laughs> Jesus, that yeah. was an actual beta yeah. map? Ugh. Uh, so he describes it. Each each team. See, I didn't had, think there were many. Yeah, so it was just the one. Yeah, each team had one fully drivable vehicle that looked like the Willys GP, and there were some jumps and ramps located throughout the map and a water section as well. Yeah, I don't remember that either. the The place to plant the bomb was actually a toilet on the opposite side of the map from the jeeps. This was seriously the most fun I ever had in a game, and at the time, drivable vehicles were almost unheard of. That is true. Yeah, I totally don't remember yeah, seeing that. Same here. It was amazing yeah. to me, even though I didn't get it. Was into like the a game. sneak peek at what uh, Team Fortress Two Brotherhood of Arms was going to be. <laughs> right, Brotherhood of yeah. Arms. Or brother- is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it I was just laughing at it. I mean, it's just, yeah. it sounds like every other game now. The yeah. fact that it was like, oh. Do you guys have any other games or mods that introduced features that were at one time new and shiny and no one has ever thought would catch on or be technologically feasible? Thanks, oh. guys. Happy thumbing. Oh, man. Actually, I will talk about a thing that maybe a lot of other games have done since, but it's from when I <clears throat> when I read this email before we were recording, I was thinking about Urban Terror, the quick game mod that I was made. working on. Yeah, I was working on that when I was in college. Um, it was It's a first-person shooter, but one thing that it had, and I might have talked about this before, but it had a first-person ledge grab feature. Like, the game was... It was sort mm. of CS meets Action Quake in style, so it was sort of real weapons uh, teams in a sort of realistic environment. But if you, would, if you like, were on a rooftop and there was another rooftop that was about, like, four or five feet away from you, 
or like three or four feet away, you know, like across an alleyway and a little bit up, you could jump to it. And then if you just kept holding forward, uh, from the first person view, you would see yourself sort of climb over the top of it. I mean, it, we didn't animate the hands, but it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of a, sh- a shitty version in Quake 3 Engine of what they do with Mirror's Edge. And then from the third person, and with, animate uh, that. with Brink upcoming from Splash Damage. Yeah. It was, oh yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, um, it was the first time I'd seen that in a game and it was in that mod and it sort of changed how I thought about first person spaces and that I didn't see anyone else do that for a really long time. But that yeah. was, that said, other people might have been doing that. It might, we might have accidentally or actually stolen it from Action Half-Life and I don't even know that. But, um, <laughs> well, it certainly did take a while before it became, but, even, even now it's only just becoming yeah. a thing people are doing. Yeah. That, that was a, a, in a, commercial a cool feature from a mod. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, speaking of Brotherhood, speaking of Brotherhood in Arms or whatever the hell it was called, uh, bro- um, Brother, what the hell was that? What it's called? It's what are you talking about? Brotherhood of Arms. Brotherhood of Arms. Yeah, the, the Team Fortress Two. I mean, that was a game that that was never even released and had a huge impact. Yeah, that was like the Mario sixty four of oh. the PC world, except that it didn't come out. Right. Like that. That sort of that I wasn't sure where you're going with this, but yeah, yeah, had an amazing impact on on team based multiplayer shooters. Yep. I mean, it it it. I, I, it was secretly the design document for the first Battlefield game. Right, yeah. Right, yes, yeah. And then that's like almost everything has some elements of that now. We were talking about that recently, actually, yeah. about how almost every game now has some level of that class-based kind of persistent thing. Well, I don't know if that game was persistent or not, but, but you it know. It probably that, wasn't. It was born out of that same yeah. kind of line of like your character being specialized in something and then... <laughs> Nintendo. Although some of that's sort of being weeded out now lately. I mean, you, oh, yeah? well, I mean, if you look at things like the... Uh, well, right, but it definitely one hilarious example is what like the guy who was just going to be the ammo feeder for the machine gun. But but I mean, I think some of that specialization you'll see like like uh, Battlefield, for example. I, I I'm not sure what they're doing for the new Battlefield game, obviously, but um, I think what was it? a bad bad company? I don't think as a medic now, and I, some of those things were that just people aren't really using in terms of specializing classes. Right. I mean, I think Battlefield 94.3 works pretty well, actually, because they've sort of streamlined the classes down to just right. three. But the overall philosophy But the philosophy, yeah, I mean, sure, influence that, that sort of, influential. Yeah. That wave that sort of... Yeah, they're like, oh, we need to do this, and uh, maybe, maybe not so much. Well, but yeah. I mean, you know, all those features rose up, and then the ones that stuck, stuck. Right, were the good right. ones. But yeah. the beginning of that seems like it was born out of first Team Fortress and then cribbed from the press about about the Team original Fortress TF2. Two, right, yeah. yeah. What year was that? Was that pre-Tribes? No. No, because Tribes was out, I think, the same year as Half-Life. Yeah. And yeah. Tri- I mean, Tribes is another game that I, you know... Yeah. Is, yeah, tri- uh, Tribes is not... Yeah. It's not really an example of what that what we're talking about there, but... Yeah. Because you're not really... Uh, I don't think there were classes were sort of combining to help you. No, no, I'm not talking about classes. I'm just talking generally, like, in Tribes, to me, those big, huge open arenas was something that was... Pretty new for for shooters. Actually, did have cooperation in tribes. I mean, there were you could you could act like well, like a laser spotter. Based. Well, right. I know, but I'm talking about just like specifically like a class combining with another. Yeah. Class okay. Of, yeah. But anyway, I mean, like the heavy guy and the light. The guy heavy guy and the light guy. You yeah, yeah, use yeah. this laser spotter and yeah, do things. Yeah. Yeah. You're just talking about the sort of huge open environment, sort of mega team multiplayer. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you know, there's there's tons of examples of stuff like this. I don't know, Ultima Underworld stuff like that. Yeah. I mean. I don't know the original uh, Team the original Zelda on NES. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously a lot of games that pioneered things, but yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I just thought of one th- really lame example. What? What? <laughs> the uh, is the is Burger Time? Uh, this is really this is really <laughs> stupid. But the uh, the Matrix mod for for um for uh, Max Payne was actually <laughs> like if you compare that mod to the game, the full game Total Overdose. 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's, 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 there's a Is lot. Is it like of, the same thing? It's, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, like in the Matrix mod, you just, you basically had an action button that was, you did sort of crazy flips and kung fu tricks. And, and the animations were actually pretty well done. I mean, it was, it was carried off pretty well, but, uh, for a mod, for a lame. So the guys who made the over Yeah, it was it was actually fairly similar, but it's not weird. That's not very interesting. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's an extremely specific weird thing. Yeah, it's well, interesting that you have the experience to speak about that. Like I guess, those, yeah. the, the, each of those things. No, is, people back me up on that. The Matrix mod was actually kind of funny and and sort of fun. Right. But, did that oh. get? Did that mod the opera for Half Life? Did that ever come out? Do you guys remember what that? Oh was? yeah, I think it did. It's in development like a million years ago. I think it did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was sort of a uh, really fast. It was like the what Max death. Payne eventually ended up doing, kind of where you sort of had the slow motion bolt time and stuff right. before bolt time was really cool in a game. Yeah. Um, the uh, most extreme example of anything like this is probably CTF. Also, like the three wave. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Yeah. A, a, a extreme gameplay staple that just came yeah, out that's of a true. Mod. CTF is a great example. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys are a real company now. Three wave. Yes. Well, I don't know how many of them are the same guys, but the name is now. And that, that company always sort of seems like Nullsoft to me. Just like, <laughs> yeah, right. like the sort of weird hardcore yeah. underground internet company that now yeah. I guess is real. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows what they actually are? Right. They're probably listening right now going, Duh. that's pretty much all they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Goddamn Nick Brecken talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian Block. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Jake. Brian Block writes in writing, writes in writing, writing right, right, righty right. He writes, I recently played through Ben There, Dan, Dan That and found it to be pretty hilarious. Um, he's referring to the Zombie Cow adventure game. Which I don't think any of us played, even though we recommended last week. Oh, I've, I've played some of Ben There, Done That. Oh, good. Ben, I always say Ben There, Dan That. Yeah, Ben There, Dan That. Uh, Damn it. Yeah, which... I haven't played Time Gentleman Please yet because I want to beat the first one first. But uh, anyway, he says, I found it to be pretty hilarious. More importantly, I thought the puzzles were fantastic. Things just clicked in my brain right when they should have. I liked it so much that I paid for the sequel, Time Gentleman Please, and I'm sad to say I found it to be worse. For whatever reason, I seem to be struggling more with the puzzles, falling into the typical permutation trap of, of rubbing everything on everything. When trying to reason out why the puzzles were better than the other, the, re- the only thing I could come up with was that things just clicked better in uh, Ben There, Dan That, where they did not in, t- in uh, Time Gentleman Please. So his question is, Jake, is there anything you could say regarding the design process for puzzles and adventure games? Presumably no designer wants a permutation trap, but the things that they're dealing with are so subjective. Also, Chris and Nick can participate uh, as well. Um, <laughs> you guys can play along at home. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, what, what makes a good puzzle, he asks. Adding, I know it's technically a combination rather than a permutation. Thanks, Brian. Oh, Bistromathics from the forum. That's a hard question for me to ask with any... Con- or I could ask it. That'd be a really hard question for me to try and answer with any um, any degree of confidence or authority on anything. Um, so I'm probably actually just going to not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that. On the other hand, I have the answer to that question. <laughs> Nick no, Brecken, I- renowned adventure game designer. I'm full of shit. No. Yeah. Is full of shit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think in adventure, in adventure games, I don't know how it goes for other games, but it is just... A sort of balance that I think is hard to quantify because adventure games are weird uh, and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, between how much, how much you sort of telescope the solution to it, you know how just how obscure the things are. How I mean, it's just, this is something. Uh, adventure game puzzles are weird. Yeah, you guys have probably played a lot more adventure games than I have. So, can you think of an adventure game that has puzzles that are 
I mean, like, what in terms of just just speaking about puzzles, like, what is the, what is at the top of adventure gaming for you that you know in puzzle design? I, I mean, like, would you even be able to I can quantify name, that? I can name a puzzle that I really like that I think most people really hate, hmm. which makes it a stupid example. But um, there's a, there's a puzzle in Grim Fandango oh, in year two in Rubicava where yeah. you're trying to piece together this mystery oh, of, yeah. to get the fake betting. You have to get a fake right. uh, yes. betting stub, and you have to know the day that the race occurred, yeah. what race it was, and all these things. Yep. And uh, a lot of people hate this puzzle because one of the things they're just in the ambient soundtrack, the announcer in the background is like yes. is always yeah. giving you promotions uh, or giving you promotions. Yeah, for how Tuesday is Kitty Hat Day, and everyone who goes <laughs> to the cat races on Tuesday gets a free yeah. hat. Uh, and you sort of dig through stuff, and you get the original photo finish for the race, and you, but you don't know what day of the week it is. You only know like the serial number of it or something. And then if you look in the foreground of the photos, everyone has uh, a little little bands on their heads with cat ears. And I just remember, uh, like, I was looking at that picture, and I was like, "What day was it? Oh my god, Tuesday is Kitty Hat Day. <laughs> <laughs> that race was on a Tuesday. I'm a fucking ace detective." And uh, like, I yeah. remember just. All of the the whole world of that game sort of swirled around to, to, like, to yeah. correctly right. make me like make That's my cool. brain know the yeah. answer to that. That was hardcore. That said, I know so many people for whom that puzzle was just impossible, and I, they just brute forced it or yeah. killed themselves. So, I, I mean, used a guide. I yeah, they, that was that was my favorite moment in almost like all of adventure gaming of that sort, at least of like this. Like this cool. sort of, it's funny that like the yeah. it just it, I didn't feel like I was like I mean I knew. That obviously the the game design team on Grim put all those things there exactly for me to find them, but it all worked in a way that made me feel like I was actually solving right. a, a, a mystery versus use monkey on waterfall, uh, <laughs> right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, to create a funnel to create a, right? to, yeah. create a, to create a monkey right. wrench, like <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That whole puzzle is kind of the opposite of that in Monkey Island, where you use a banana on a metronome to hypnotize a monkey, which you then pick up and put in your inventory, and then use, and use on a wrench. and then you use yeah. on a valve, yeah. which turns the monkey into a monkey wrench. That is the opposite. That said, <laughs> right. some people think that's the best crap in the world. Who knows? Yeah, a game that I laughed a whole bunch of that in when right. I played that game, but I yeah, that puzzle frustrates me. Yeah, the um, I mean that's that's actually a lot of in many cases the difference between like first person adventure games and third person adventure games for whatever reason like first person adventure games always go end up going more utilitarian with the puzzles and sort of more like putting a like a pattern together or or mm. uh, filling a gap or something whereas a lot of times the third person adventure games are are i think probably because they deal with a character walking around a world and right. they want the world itself to have a lot of character they end up being a lot more uh, very specific items um as opposed to kind of just generic items um, but anyway, one, one game that I think kind of falls in between the, the two things you were describing with the, the Grim Fandango, like ultra de detective thing, which mm -hmm. I, I agree is a really cool thing when you actually get, have that moment. Yeah. That's a tough of, one. Though. Yeah. Like, I can't sell that as a, as, no. a, as a recommendation to anyone, no, but I mean, that's, but I've yeah. had that moment though, where you, where you games, actually, yeah. you know, by some circumstance solve what they're, what they intended. And it's just like, oh, wow. Right. When it's a really clever but, thing. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that but, one just happened really organically. Yeah, but a game, a game that that I think kind of falls in between those is Day of the Tentacle, which uh, a, 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 I like that we're only talking about LucasArts games. Yeah, just I to know. piss off that one other guy who I know it, them I the best. But um, <laughs> uh, it's the the central hook of the game is that you're going between these three time periods, um, the you know the colonial era, basically the the present day and the future, um, where the world has been ensl enslaved by tentacles, and a lot of the puzzles have to do with 
putting an item in one time period and then going and, and finding it or in, combining it with an object in one time period and then seeing the results right, in a different you, time you period. Put the wine in the time capsule, then it's vinegar in the future. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot of those puzzles use kind of that weird, goofy adventure game logic, but the time Right, it's all sort of based on the actual being, rules of the right, passage of time. Exactly. Yeah. And and a lot of in a lot of cases in, in, in Day of the Tentacle, you end up having those moments where you know what you're supposed to do before you do it. Which is not always not usually how adventure games work. Usually in adventure games you realize what you're supposed to do as you're doing right, it or even right. after you do in it. In adventure games that feels but, so good though, when right. it's like oh when you my know God, it ahead of time, yeah. If I send myself that wine, it'll be vinegar. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then it's like use wine on time capsule. Yeah. He put it in. It's oh man, I'm gonna go to the future. It's vinegar. Yeah, it's oh. it's super great when you can do that. I know and, how smart I am. Right, exactly. I'm apparently just as smart as the guys who wrote this game. <laughs> right, <laughs> and um and and they think there's a lot of that stuff. That, that's a really great game. Um, I think that that seems to actually. Since we're talking about LucasArts games, that seems to be like sort of the goal of a lot of those LucasArts games, especially the sort of. Uh, like that branch, like not the not the Indiana Jones uh, dig ones but the sort of the comedy line was basically they were i felt like they were sort of hoping that they were making a a, a sort of cleverness engine right like when mm. you're playing this it will enable you to feel clever and it backfired all the time yeah, yeah because it actually made you feel stupid and like the other yeah. person was laughing at you but when that yes. stuff works you do feel like a, a smart goddamn smart person right or like you're playing as characters who say all this clever stuff and you're doing things that you know I don't know. That's, that's it's proportional to the amount of time you spend. Often, I mean, like even if, even like even if I solve one of those puzzles, sometimes it's just like, oh, that took me like two hours. No resolution of a puzzle is worth that amount of time. Yeah, because I just want to advance the story at that point. That depends. But, I mean, a lot. I think for everyone, it adventure games are so weird because they're you know as we've said in past podcasts, they are all based on kind of a discrete list of unique events i mean it's not right. you're not working with a single mechanic that you're refining and learning over time so i mean you're almost approaching each one fresh uh, i mean some some games do repeat mechanics you know but for the most part in an adventure right. game you're, you're essentially tackling a new problem each time and so it's kind of random for each person yeah sometimes like, it'll it'll call back a scenario but two or right. three of the rules have changed yeah, which yeah, means yeah. that the puzzle solutions are entirely different anyway but you sort of know right the overall goals anyway we talked about LucasArts games there for a while. You want yeah. to unfairly talk about Sierra games for a second? You know that one time when you make a cat mustache? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. Uh, the game that, that is like the opposite of this and in the most frustrating way to me was Runaway, which came out several years ago. And um, a couple people recommended in like after our adventure game discussion, whenever that was, um, at least a few other people replied to us either on forums or email. Right, saying, what about Siberia saying, what about, and Runaway? Runaway, yeah. And I, I really felt Runaway just failed in that respect so hard. There were so many cases in Runaway where I knew exactly yeah, Runaway, what I should be doing. It was the master of pick up those scissors. I don't think I need those. And yeah. then someone's like, you need to cut a hole in this. Didn't I see some scissors somewhere? Like, you, I knew right. that. Yeah. Where your observation of the world uh, and like you making the characters stand and stare at something doesn't match up with the game logic. Right. Ah. I mean, they, Hotel there, Dusk. There were, yeah, exactly. There were there were instances that were far more obscene than what you said with that with in Runaway. I mean, there were times when your character should know he needs the scissors, and yet he doesn't yet. And right. you're like, look, asshole! I know I need these scissors right now. I'm telling you to pick them up. Pick them up, you son of a bitch! And he won't. And you have to wait until and you, you find something... like a secret gate somewhere else in the game. Like right. That, yeah. Oh, I I could yeah, I Hotel, actually beat Hotel that game. Dusk and I couldn't that. stand it. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I beat Hotel Dusk and I felt the same way. I couldn't beat Hotel Dusk. I got so frustrated by it. <laughs> it was a shame because it looked awesome. Yeah, I liked the I look loved of it. how it looked. Yeah. Like, uh, did you get up to the roof? No. It's pretty sweet. I got to like the second floor of the hotel. You and- can see the moon. Oh, really? Oh, I'm playing no, that now. No, but I don't know. It's up there with yeah. the sort of backside of the huge neon sign that says Hotel Dusk, and there's good music up oh, there. Oh, that's cool, yeah. You sort of find, see a person way in the very back and getting silhouetted and stuff, but then they probably tell you that the doors have all randomly... Uh, which ones are locked and which ones have characters in them have been randomly rolled again. And, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Maybe someone mailed you a cardboard box you can't look in. Oh, I hated that. When you get when you have this suitcase and you can't... Oh, my God. That game was so frustrating. But then if you talk to the concierge and he tells you that there's a suitcase in your room that you saw a second ago, <laughs> then you can go right. back up and open it. So yeah. um, that's how not to design an adventure game puzzle. Oh, man. Speaking of adventure games, Sean Mills writes, Hello, Thumpsters. I was, hey, listening, I was listening to your Johnster. podcast recently, and a fellow listener was asking about adventure games. I was wondering why you never mentioned GOG. It's a great site for getting adventure games. I just bought Broken Sword 2 from <laughs> what, there. We and never I'm, mentioned GOG? <laughs> I'm enjoying it a lot. Said, oh, wait. GOG, GOG, GOG. GOG, GOG, GOG. <laughs> they don't know that. I know. <laughs> okay, the joke here is that for like six fucking months, while doing the sound check before every episode, all these assholes would ever do... Is is GOG.com, wink. <laughs> we used to read down the list of games that Chris had to test yeah. microphone levels, and it, this is actually going to be very interesting to read. So the order of <laughs> the order of games is LucasArts Classic Adventure Pack, Company of Heroes, DEFCON, Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, a GOG.com box, Grim Fandango, then, you know, Half-Life and Monkey Island 2. Uh, anyway. Half-Life 2. Yeah. All the games we've talked about today. Yeah, anything. Anyway. I just realized they're in alphabetical order, except for Day of the Tentacle, which should be to I the probably left. moved it. Oh, jeez. Anyway, like the sixth box in a row in here is GOG.com, PCDL, with a winky smiley face. The platform's got a little wink next to it because it's actually downloadable. So now that no one has any idea what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, needless to say, if you could hear the microphone tests for every episode <laughs> of Idle Thumbs, basically in 2008 and the first half of this year, it would have Nick and I saying GOG.com, PCDL, wink over and over. So, we have talked about GOG a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just not, a, not in the recorded you know portion. That? Anyway, sorry for who gives a crap about any of that. What's we the all, question? <coughs> GOG is a great service. Yeah, it is a good service. That's where I got Castles and Castles 2 from recently. Um, castles and Castles. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, this guy, this guy got Broken Sword 2 from there. Um, Broken Sword is another good adventure game. That was from Revolution. Yep. I actually really liked Broken Sword 1. I actually didn't like Broken Sword 2. I thought it wasn't that good. Um, That's the one where you go on vacation again, but to yeah. like South America it's or like something? like Mayan stuff, yeah. yeah and then Broken Sword 3, that. I didn't really play. And then uh, Broken Sword 4, I think they might actually be making. I don't know. I think it's out and it was... Not good. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so he says, in fact, they even have a few freebies. For example, Lore of the Temp- Temptress and Beneath the Still Sky. Oh, those games were released for free to the Scum VM team. Yeah. So you can get those from either place for free. Um, I think it's great that adventure games are making a comeback, he says. Now all we need are some new text adventure games or my life will be complete. Did you guys ever play Zork or The Pawn? There are a Showing billion new text here. adventure games. You should. Yeah. There's 8,000 trillion like, new text adventure games. Check out the, what is just the Interactive Fiction Awards. I don't know yeah. what they're called, but yeah. if you just search for that on Google, you'll find list after list of the best uh, IF games yeah. made in a while. I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole kind of community of like respected modern day amateur uh, text adventure creators. It's actually pretty cool. It's a really it's a really um cohesive community with like personalities that people know and like people who write things like you know write 
kind of manifestos and stuff. It's not the right word, I guess, but you know, people who write critical essays and things on yeah. text adventure games and talk about them. It's actually pretty impressive. Um, and there's Z machine, which, you know, will run te- like it's a, just a sort of generic, um, text, text adventure text, system, text interpreter. like interpreter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of that going on. It's not in the commercial space, but right. It exists. Yeah, it does. And, um, we're talking a lot about this. Yeah. Also beneath the still sky is a fun game. I thought it was cool. Yep. Um, so there, yeah, sorry. We forgot to mention that. Now we have, uh, wasn't there something in here about expansions? Yes. DLC expansion thing. Was it a good game? Bad game? (laughs) Dog. PZDL. Um, winky face. All right, so uh, Shanamel <laughs> Ungar writes. God, you guys. <laughs> writes wink. <laughs> PCDL. He writes greetings with puzzle ones. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Two questions, both related to Steam and its effect on the gaming universe. One, when the system requirements for Dragon Age were released, one of the websites I frequent commented that they were too high. With the writer ending the piece, noting it looks like Dragon Age won't run on my computer. Now that writer's foibles aside, I took exception to this because we have a fairly robust tool to examine whether the requirements are too high, the Steam Hardware Survey. The survey tells us where people are in terms of hardware, so system requirements should probably be compared to it to determine whether they're too high. Do you think developers use this tool to determine what kind of system requirements to aim for, at least for the hardcore PC market? I don't know. Some probably do. Yeah, Yeah. some probably do. Some Some probably look at it and go, well, that's nice. A company like Bioware probably is big and successful enough that they probably don't spend a lot of time necessarily looking at another developer's kind of public data. Probably. I, mean, I think everyone they looks probably at the have their data. own. They probably, everyone looks at it, but I suspect some of them use it yeah. more or less. Like I suspect Bioware does their own focus testing I and think for like market research game, and stuff. More paying attention to what they can do on a, on a console and trying to keep that relatively. Right. But I mean, yeah. Although Dragon Age, may I, not know, be the I, best know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's almost, it's almost guaranteed that every PC developer looks at the steam data and says, Oh, crazy. Well, I guess that's what, the average Steam customer is at, and then either looks at their own data or their own playtests, sure, or yeah. they've just set, like, we know from everything that is said on the internet and what is for sale and what was recently for sale, what we think the target for this is. I mean, I'm sure there is some combination. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I'm sure some developers were totally stoked when the Steam hardware survey yeah. started coming I out. I suspect, especially a lot of smaller developers, it's a godsend to have yeah, that kind like, of data. Okay, good. I can finally write off, you know, Glide support. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're back with more reader mail. Yeah. So Dylan Farrell writes, um, I guess we must have read a guy, this guy's question about adventure games before. He says, first of all, I'd like to thank you for answering my previous email about adventure games. We're talking about them more this week. Adventure games, yeah. I guess I should have said I wasn't really old enough to even know what they were when they came out. Uh, on episode of thir- on episode 35 of Vital Thumbs, a viewer asked, why, it, why does it seem that fighters are the biggest in the competitive scene of video games? Uh, though due to recent events such as EVO 2009, uh, where there are over a thousand competitors in the Street Fighter 4 pool of the event, suggests that fighters may be the biggest. In all reality, it's the easiest scene to get into. Whereas the competitive scene of first-person shooter games... Um, might require you to make a team and real-time strategy games are hard to break into as well. Right now, the fighting game community is a very niche community, but with the past recent releases of Street Fighter 4, King of Fighters 12, the release of uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and the upcoming release of Tatsunoko vs. Capcom and Tekken 6, it is a possibility that the scene will grow even further than what it is now. Also, okay, so I don't have any comment on that, but this guy probably already knows what he's talking about. Sure. 
<laughs> so I mean that's probably true. I think a fighting game is probably an easier thing to get into than a hardcore shooter or an RTS. I mean, right. well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's the, like we're all so good, good at fighting games, and, and then they, they you, know, you know, I suck at fighting games, but I, but I mean, I understand like what the framework is to be good at them, even if I'm not necessarily good at them myself. You know, it's like you're right there, you're in an arena, and you have to kill the guy like a real-time strategy <laughs> game it's like to even know what you're supposed to be trying to do you're there in that like, arena i don't know he's in front of you you gotta kill him well you know what i mean right yep like gotta throw some fireballs there's two health bars Starcraft and a bunch of like, yeah yep um uh so he says uh also i found this comment on an article about some comparison shots uh some of builds of final fantasy 13 that might amuse you all so then he has a uh a pretty ridiculous email here from a guy I like that he jumped from all that stuff. Up yeah, there. right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's this retarded thing about Final yeah. Fantasy 13. So, all right. People know what what, what gets them odd idle thumbs now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. yeah, exactly. It's not enough to have an opinion. You also have to have. You, um, you have to do something outrageous. Here's this or, novelty yeah. I found on the right, internet. Yeah. Or mention the wizard. You yeah, know. right. All right. So, anonymous forum guy writes. Final Fantasy 13 has been downgraded for Suckbox 360. That Suckbox 360, aka DVD heater, has no game at 1080p. Not only games look bad on Suckbox, all games are downgraded for that Suckbox 360. <laughs> I am hearing that Final Fantasy 13 will be 12 DVDs on Suckbox 360. Shame on Square Enix for downgrading the game for Crap Box 360. <laughs> now it looks like crap for Suckbox 360 version. Killzone 2 looks 50 times better than all Suckbox games. Final Fantasy 13 looked good initially too, but now the game is destroyed for the Suckbox 360. So that's that's an assessment. Also known of, as the crap box. Yeah, <laughs> I like that he's got one substitution right, yeah, there. One, yeah. For the for the crap box. I thought you said DVD heater at first. Yeah, it did say that. It did. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was supposed to be eater. No, no aka. No, no, well, maybe it was supposed to be that, but he <laughs> says <laughs> the Suckbox 360, aka DVD heater. I don't know. Your DVDs. Like, what does that mean? This keeps them warm for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That- <laughs> oh my goodness. He never included Microsoft with a dollar sign, and that whole that whole he really post. didn't need to. He went the extra no. mile, <laughs> yeah, on everything. Else. Suck box. I'm imagining what that email looks like on the page, and it's it's a lot of suck box. <laughs> it is a lot of suck. Bo- I didn't realize it was actually that much until I started reading it. it <laughs> I can watch you getting <laughs> progressively excited. Yeah. Suck box. Yeah. Suck box. <laughs> Crap box. <laughs> yeah, uh, that guy. Also, the first time he says it, it's in capital letters. I didn't, I didn't emphasize for that time because I didn't realize all the other ones weren't going to be capital mm. letters. So suck box. <laughs> <laughs> Downgraded for suck box three sixty. That suck box. He immediately he uses it twice yeah, in a row yeah. in a single yeah. sentence. Does he yeah. trademark it the first time? <laughs> no. The Suckbox computer Patent entertainment Patent system Mic- in all caps. Microshit already owns the copyright on Suckbox 360. Microshaft Suckbox <laughs> yeah. Crapbox yeah. 360. Anyway, 
12 yeah. DVDs. It's like a return to the age of floppy disks. I know. So yeah, I mean, speaking of like X-Wing and TIE Fighter, I had X-Wing. I think I had TIE Fighter and CD, but I, I had X-Wing on like 13 <laughs> floppies. This version. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's uh, <laughs> And I had Civilization on like 12 floppies, I think, or something like that, however many came on. We've Lots talk- of floppies. <laughs> We've talked at work about like giving a contest winner a copy of the first Tales of McGallan episode on like a hundred floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, That's awesome. Like building a uh, disk span uh, mm-hmm. installer. So yeah. Please insert disk. <laughs> I guess it would have disk 114, which would be uh, oh the C- the hidden uh, yeah or the m- whatever Easter egg. But anyway, um, or we could put it out on the Xbox. I mean, suck. suck box. Box. I mean, crap box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which one? Maybe it depends. Maybe, you know, suck box and crap box. Maybe crap box is, you know, once the towel gets in there, it's the... <laughs> That's the crap box? Yeah. It's the crap box elite. Yeah. <laughs> crap box pro. Can't shop pro. <laughs> crap box pro. <laughs> Paint shop pro. <laughs> Free association here. I'm just styling. Yeah. Freestyling. Deluxe yeah. paint two. <laughs> Depaint. Uh, <laughs> Shit box, paint <laughs> box, uh, boxes, ice box, tech corner. War <laughs> has changed. War never changes. PCDL, gog.com. I'm we, just uh, off the top of my uh, head here. I'm just dots. I'm just dot box. We got, we got dots. Shit dot. Dot dot. Fuck, why are we still here? Uh, we're not. Far crap video game. You don't know what time donkey balls means? Oh, right. I guess I do. Okay. <laughs> all right let's go it's like when you're yeah. sort of racing a ghost all right mm. like a time donkey balls yep challenge <laughs> yep right <laughs> it's the donkey balls, it's the balls trial it's the donkey balls time yeah. challenge where you raise a ghost ball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super donkey balls super donkey oh, balls God. it's just one letter different super donkey ball adventure yeah it is only one letter different hey it's like donkey kong was originally monkey Amazing. I don't know if he was. Monkey Kong. <laughs> super Monkey Kong. He probably wasn't that. Was there ever a Super Donkey Kong? Those are uh, still Super Donkey Balls. Oh, right. I must have been thinking of that. <laughs> I get those confused sometimes. This is a new yeah. meme, Donkey Balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... <laughs> what was that? That <laughs> <laughs> was like a donkey. Balls. Ball. Yeah. It's like a, this donkey's having a ball. <laughs> Yep. He's having a blast as well. Oh, man. Video game. Suck box. (laughs) Suck box. (laughs) Crap box. Video game. It's in space. (laughs) It's in space. It's in space. It's in space. Also, man, speaking of things we talk about every fucking two days, the moon. Video game. Will Jake make it? <laughs> Find out uh, in the special Podblast event, <laughs> Donkey Cock Country, <laughs> or Donkey <laughs> Balls. Rated TV uh, MA. Or a time Donkey. Time Donkey Balls. <laughs>